Hello everyone, Crystal and Clough here. So last podcast we talked a little bit about being a mom and some of the anxieties that come with that. Well, I figured why wait and I kind of wanted to stem from the anxiety standpoint and talk to you a little bit about my experience with anxiety and depression and how I coped with it then and how I cope with it now. Oh, but before I do, I do want to report about the third day of me being on Valentis Coffee. I had to cut my serving in half because it was, my body was just having all the side effects that they listed could maybe happen. And today was so much better. I think I'm going to keep the half serving um, until the, the symptoms are completely gone and then I will try back again and see if I can get a full serving in. Um, there's that six day challenge. I hope it'll still work because I'm only taking half a serving. I might have to do it for 12 days, but we'll see if I can lose some weight. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk a little bit about my experience with anxiety and depression. So I actually first noticed that I was struggling with depression like pinpointed, I don't know if exactly when it started. I was told that anxiety or depression runs through my family, and really all it needs to happen is that it just needs to be triggered. So I did have an event in my life where I was bullied by some girls that used to be my friends, and I had to give them up as my friends, and they turned on me and and made my life a living hell throughout high school. And that, I think, is what was trig- what had triggered the depression the the beginning of my experience with depression <laughs> so with them they were the kinds of girls that you were they were the best of friends but if you were any enemies with them they made your life like I said a living hell and that's exactly what they did for me and it got so bad that I, my self-worth was just low and I was experiencing so much depression that my life literally felt like a chore. Like I would come home from from school or I would wake up, I'd go to school, I'd come home from school, I would do my homework, I would lock myself in my room until I fell asleep and woke up the next morning. And that is literally what I would do. It was just like this motion that I had to keep myself in or else I, my thoughts were just so dark about, you know, is life even worth living People hate me. I, I'm miserable. And you know those thoughts that you have when you're depressed about taking your life. And it is very, very serious. Well, I had a seminary teacher uh, pull me aside into his office and said, Hey, you know, can we talk for a minute? And he asked me a little bit about, he's like, I, I notice you're, you're not happy. You're a happy girl and you have been the past few months it's been hard to watch you because you don't seem like that same happy girl. Well, I told him the whole story about some of these girls and how I had been super sad. I didn't necessarily name it depression yet. It took me a while to realize actually what was going on. I thought it was just, I was just in a miserable spot. I didn't really know a lot about depression and I didn't think that I'd had it, but I knew that I was depressed. Well, I told him all about this and he, he he talked to me a few times and one day he pulled me in and was like, Hey, I've got something for you. He gave me this book and this book was entitled the greatest salesman in the world. And I can't remember Mangum is maybe the author. Anyway, it's in my big bookshelf. I'll have to put it in the show notes. So 
He gave me this book. Basically, it's about this man that wants to be extremely successful in his trade. And he meets this old man that's going to die. And this old man wants to give him these 10 scrolls to success, to gain success. And what you do is when he gets the scrolls, you're supposed to read them. You're supposed to read each one in a row, the first one. So all of them for 30 days, three times a day in the morning at lunch and then in the evening well so I did the first scroll and then I I got into the second scroll and the second scroll was all about love not only loving everyone that passes you down the hall or that you see but also loving yourself forgiving people there was a phrase that always stuck with me even to this day it's been seven eight years and it is that muscle can split a shield and even destroy life, but only the unseen power of love can open the hearts of men. And that scroll, I, I believe the reason why it worked so well was because it was affirmations, t- talking about how powerful love is and how to forgive. And then the next one was about how amazing you are, that you are a lion among sheep and you are just you know, raising you up and telling you how great you are. Because when you're having depression, you are literally only thinking of negative thoughts most of the time, depending on how severe your depression is. Well, I did that faithfully and it was almost like a hand had reached down and picked me up and pulled me out of that deep, dark place. Now, it didn't pull me completely out. I still, to this day, sometimes struggle with depression. But it's kind of about winning those little battles, you know. It picked me up and pulled me out, and I actually was able to see a reason to live again. My, my I wanted to do stuff. I, I wanted to be the kind of person that I wanted to be rather than just being like, you know what, I'm just literally going through the motions. <laughs> so I that was one of the things that really, really helped me, and I would recommend to anyone. Another thing that happened was that I made another friend. And this friend actually was my soccer coach. There was one time when we were about to play against our uh, school rivalry. And I had posted something on Facebook about these girls. Because that's also when I was kind of in the middle of it. And I said something about the worst part is not wanting to forgive them for what they've done. Or, or no, no, it was um, not wanting to give them a chance. And she kind of thought I was talking about the soccer game, but she didn't know. <laughs> so she messaged me on Facebook. And that was the beginning of a blossoming, amazing friendship that was just a game changer as well. If there was one thing to adv- I, that I could advise to people who are struggling with anxiety and depression is... To get somebody who is willing to do just about anything for you. And that's exactly what this woman was for me. I could talk to her at 2, 3 in the morning and she would be there no matter what. And I and I could talk things out and she could tell me where I, you know, sound insane or where, you know, where we can fix things. or And then not only that, but she was a distraction to where I'm like, I have a best friend we we would talk about anything and laugh and have fun and she would train me in soccer and i i just gained the greatest friendship and that made the world of difference so another thing that i learned and that kind of had to do with her as well as i learned to run so off season i needed something to do with myself and i i learned to love exercise and so i started to run and i guess my dad was a pretty good runner but for me, 
Oh, I didn't mention there was one time that my mom tried to get me to go to therapy. Um, and it was, I don't know what type of therapy this is called, but so she took me to this strange woman's house up north somewhere and she dropped me off, was like, see ya, she's going to help you, you know, do what she says. <laughs> like, um, okay. I'm like 16 years old. So what she did was she had me sit down and she put a chair across from me and she's like, okay, this is the girls that have treated you like this. Tell, tell them what you everything that you want to say, you tell them. And not only do you tell them, you yell it at them. You scream at them. You get mad. You, and I was like, um, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to yell at them. I don't want to yell at anybody. I don't want to yell at a chair. Maybe this sometimes helps for some people, but for me and my personality, like I was almost more scared and I really did try because this lady knew a lot and my mom was paying a lot and and I didn't want to make her feel bad and so I really was trying and I I just started to bawl as I was doing it and the lady would be was like almost getting mad at me like let it out you know yell at this chair I'm like I don't want to and by the time it was over I was almost more traumatized from that event than I was before you know, bringing all these things that I had put down in my past, now bringing it right back up to the surface. And oh my gosh, I was exhausted afterwards. And I'm like, I will never do therapy ever again. I don't know if it was the woman that just didn't do quite the right job or if it's just that kind of therapy. Not for me. I don't, I will never do that again. (laughs) So there was that. So I, I just learned that exercise was my big deal. That was what's going to push through me. And I love to run. I would plug in headphones with music that was, you know, obviously it was upbeat and it would want to make you move and you couldn't hear, hear, hear yourself breathe. But it also kind of had a message like, you you know, I can do this. I'm going to rise to the top or, or whatever. Something I could run through so that my run was kind of like a journey and I was just continually pushing through it. And I felt amazing. So I had that. The other thing that I had was I loved theater. And for me, I actually didn't do any acting until my freshman year. But for me, theater was so awesome because I was able to step into somebody else's shoes and I didn't have to be me for a little bit. (laughs) That and also reading books would also take me out of my world. But in theater, I actually had a good knack for it. I was actually pretty good. And not only the acting part, but the singing part. And I loved singing. And so when I was able to just express myself freely and not have to always put up a show to impress people or whatever, and I could be whoever I wanted, I could make my character whoever I wanted, it was just like a place of freedom. And that released so much anxiety. When I would sing um, intense songs too, oh, just you could let it out that way too. So any hobby that you have or something that you love that you're so good at, which now I know as moms, when we, we kind of lose ourselves. And so maybe you might need to find that first, what it is you are actually good at or what you like to do. You, that might be your first step. <laughs> Cause I know I kind of have to go back to that. But anyway, so I struggled with anxiety and depression or well, mostly depression during high school. And I had these tools that I would use every time it would happen. And then, so we graduated and I went to BYU. Well, BYU is an amazing school, but it was a pressure cooker with like the best of the best. And so I went from this tiny little school where I was like 
doing really well to this huge school with all these incredible people. And that was okay. Like, I didn't feel intimidated or, or like, I didn't feel like they were competition, but I did feel a lot of anxiety around them. That's where anxiety really kicked in. In fact, my anxiety was so bad at school that, like, I would hardly even leave my room. My roommate was a very social person, so she would get mad at me. Like that I wouldn't, I would go to school, I would come back and I would stay in my room. That's where I would stay. I wouldn't talk to anybody. I wouldn't make any friends, which I didn't make any friends. I didn't want to. Some of my classes, I made some friends, but it wasn't like, let's go hang out. It was like, oh, hey, I know you, you're in my class, (laughs) you know, and you're kind of cool. So it was, I think that was, so yeah, that was the first time that I really experienced anxiety and it showed its face so well it it was like I had so much anxiety that I would almost have these little blackouts and that's where I was told that my body literally deteriorated its own blood brain barrier because of all this anxiety it was like my body just couldn't handle it and I did uh, I I finally gave in to another type of therapy which is energy therapy and that actually was really cool and did help a lot but it didn't solve the problem it just kind of helped so then I I finally gave in to trying face-to-face therapy which was just kind of talking it wasn't the yelling in the chair thing and BYU gave it for free or something I think it was probably because they were training their students but anyway so I went and talked to this guy and oh my gosh he was like so crystalline how I mean he just kept saying my name and like I just wanted to spit stuff out and say, okay, fix it. What can I do? Instead of being like, oh, you know, like, oh, it was so frustrating. And so it was almost, it just was like nails on a chalkboard for me. So that didn't last long. But it got so bad that I, I, I had thought about medication in high school, but I was just like, you know what? I don't want it to be, I, I don't want to be on it. I just, I fought it. I fought it. I don't want to be on medication. I don't want to have to take this for the rest of my life. I don't want to be, I want to find ways to fix this. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to take no for an answer. This isn't going to be my life forever. So that's when I got into exercising and stuff. And I should have done more of that at BYU. But I was just so anxious to be out there with all those people that I'm like, I'll run stairs all the way up to my room and that'll be it. <laughs> So I had decided I was going to go for a year and then go on this mission that I had auditioned for. It was a performance mission. But I was like, I can't do another semester of this. And I had this experience where I went to this museum with a group, one of my family groups over there or whatever. And I came back and realized that I could tell you everything I saw there, but I would go to... You know, and all the things that I learned that I could tell you everything about that museum, but I would go to one of my classes and I'd come out and I couldn't tell you a thing. It was just like, just way too much anxiety. Plus I learned, I just don't learn that way. The tests give me anxiety. So I was like, I need to come home. I need to have a break before this mission. So I came home and then I went and I completely just recouped. It was, it was amazing. It was exactly what I needed. And then I went on this mission. First two months were the best two months of my life. This was a three-month mission. The last month was absolutely terrible. Anxiety hit again. And it was so bad, I just wanted to go home. Like, all the whole 30 days, I was just counting down the days, which was too bad because the first two were the best two months of my life. 
But then I was having these thoughts of, you know, the missionaries hate me. They think I'm annoying. They think I'm not good enough. You know, I just don't fit in. And it was so bad. I would talk to my companion like, do you hate me? You know, it, it just the most absurd thoughts come into your head. Or do, do these people hate me when they, they love me? And I knew they loved me, but it was just like so overpowering. And I would go into the bathroom when I would just cry. I didn't want to wake up in the morning. And I was just absolutely miserable. And then I was dancing and singing. So I was getting a lot of exercise, but it wasn't like I could just plug my headphones in and just run. Because, you know, you don't really listen to music when you're on your mission. You're just focused, you know, on, on your goal. So I pushed my way through that and then I came home and I I was able to recoup a little bit, still dealing with that. I was able to run again. I came home. It was like the first weekend I was home, I went and ran 10 miles. First time I ever ran 10 miles. And it was the stupidest thing I've ever done because the next like month I could hardly walk. I was so sore for so long. I'm like, I will never run 10 miles ever again. (laughs) Anyway, so I had that. And then I also dealt with a time when I went, uh, after that, I went and performed in Salt Lake City at a performance there. Um, But the reason why I tell you this is because I actually gained an ambition for business. I had listened to a guy by the name of Ty Lopez, who later became my mentor, It was his 67 steps to success. And every time I would listen to that, it just gave me drive and ambition and started setting goals for myself. And I was so excited. And that was, that still to this day is something that I do. Um, Now I I, I listen to him still to this day. I also listen to podcasts. And a lot of the time when I go on my walks, which walking is also something I use for my anxiety big time. And I listen to these podcasts and they just motivate me. Sometimes when I'm going through some serious anxiety or depression, mostly not depression now, mostly, mostly anxiety, but the anxiety is mostly about dying, me dying, my husband, my fiance dying, or my daughter dying, or somebody that I know dying. And, and sometimes I listen to those podcasts and I'm like, we're all going to die. Why do we even listen to this? And why do we try to improve ourselves? The world's going to end tomorrow. (laughs) The most absurd thoughts, but a lot of the times it will pull me out of it. And and not when it, it's not successful in pulling me out of it, what I like to do is when I'm out of it, then start right away in it. And it just keeps me out of it, out of the anxiety. The other thing that I learned to do was take cold showers. And I know that sounds crazy, but that... You, they, what they say is when you have anxiety and depression, it's usually because you're either living in the future or in the past. And... So when you take a cold shower, it literally puts you in the moment because you are like, oh, holy, holy, okay, cold, 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 you know, and so you are, the only thing you're thinking about is how dang cold it is. And then after your body just feels fuzzy and then it like, your your body's hormones, you, you get uh, your happy hormones, whatever those hormones are, <laughs> and you just feel amazing. You sleep great. Um, the other thing too is getting on a sleep schedule, making sure that I sleep really well. What I, when I notice I'm starting to not do so well is actually when I the when I watch the most Netflix and I am on the most social media. When I just don't want to be in my head and I'll catch myself, you know, just turning on a show while I'm hanging out with my daughter. And even though I'm not watching the show, like it has to be on. Like I almost can't be in my thoughts. And it's kind of crazy. It's really sad, actually. So there's that. Also making love. I I don't know. 
you know, depending on how old you are, if you're married, if you're not, it, it is the most stress relieving, anxiety relieving, depression relieving thing I have found for myself. <laughs> I absolutely love it, which I'm also really in love with my fiance. And so not only is it great because physically, you know, you're, your your body loves it physically, but also emotionally. You know, you get to connect with someone who loves you and takes care of you. Also, he has now become that best friend, someone that I feel comfortable talking to. And it's not just that he he's like, okay, tell me more, tell me more. He he listens and he and then he he, he he's not like he changes the subject, but he gets me out of it. You know, like okay, I'm listening to you. I'm so sorry. Let's let's do something. Let's let's get you out of this mindset because usually, it's just a downward spiral. And for me, I, I'm the kind of person that's like, I already know all the answers. I just need you to listen and I need you to just get me out of it. Take it away. And so we do that. We'll go on walks together. Um, when I was in high school and then, and then the few years after college, it was when it was the heaviest. And I did not want to, um, I, I told myself I would never live like this. This would not be what my life would be forever. And people would tell me, you're going to live with it forever. And I can't say that I have completely defeated it. But so during my pregnancy, I did have depression. I was on Netflix a lot. I was really careful with what I ate. And I already told you this. But since then, and I go through some things, mostly anxiety because of my daughter. And but I feel like it is a completely different type. And it's just something I need to learn how to cope with, find my tools, and then I can be free of it. And and whenever it happens, I just will get my, I, I have these tools in my back pocket, pull them out, see which which one will work. If one doesn't work, I'll try another one. And then to also make sure to give yourself a little bit of room. Your body is taking in a lot of, a lot of heat sometimes. You're working a lot of hours or you have a daughter that doesn't sleep all night or, you know, and your body's just trying to keep up with stuff and you just got to learn to love yourself and, and you use those affirmations of love for not only other people, but for yourself and make sure you take care of yourself and get yourself out of those thought patterns. And I know it's, it's so hard when you're just deep in it and you're like, there is no point. And, and that's why you need a great support system at the same time to, so that you're not just doing it by yourself and you're getting someone else in on with you so that they're able to recognize symptoms, help you through it, get you out of it, and and then start again and try to keep it a little bit longer. And even though still to this day it's kind of a consistent battle, to not I, I'm not saying that I'm giving up and like I'm going to live with this forever because this does feel different than when I was in high school. So I feel like I, I have defeated a lot of it in some way. But I will take life as it comes and I will remember these tricks and trades. No, You, you don't know what life is going to hand you. And so to have these in your back pocket and to remember how well they work and to actually use them, it's a great, it's a great little tool belt. So anyway, I hope this podcast was helpful and you were able to relate at least a little bit. Leave comments. Um, I did when I was in, when I competed for Miss Stampede County, I actually did a platform on anxiety and depression. It was surprising how many people were struggling that came up and talked to me like, Hey, can I, can we talk? I I need some help. I do know some, I'm no therapist, but I'd love to relate to you. Know that we're all getting through this together and it is just an honor to be able to share some of these stories with you and I hope you guys have a great day a great week
and maybe try that cold shower. <laughs> I know it's really hard and it is so cold, but you'll be amazed how good you feel after. So maybe that's my little challenge for you to go take a cold shower. Anyway, it's been great talking to you guys. I will leave you with this and I hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you later.